I want to talk to you about a couple of things, specifically about the new MacBook today. But before we get started, I want to take 25 seconds to thank our first sponsor, and it's our friends at Clockwise. If you need t-shirts, Clockwise would love to make them for you. Clockwise prints and ships t-shirts all over the world for quality-driven clients. Their water-based ink and tri-blend fabric make for a shirt you will love for years to come. Clockwise offers free shipping, no minimums, and professional mockups prior to production. For more information on how to produce your own apparel with Clockwise, visit them online at www.clockwise.io or follow them on Instagram at Clockwise. That's clockwise.io to learn more. Our thanks to Clockwise. Um, so you're back stateside, yeah? Yeah, I'm back in the U.S. Right now, I am in Illinois in the Chicago area. And tomorrow, we are driving up uh, Michigan uh, to go spend some time by uh, my um, wife's father's house. Uh, he has a, he lives next, near, next to a small lake. Uh, not the big Lake Michigan, like a very small one. Much, much, much. <laughs> I was like, that's not one. that small, dude. If you're in Michigan, <laughs> no, it's a tiny little lake. So he has a house there. He lives there, and every year we go spend a week there. So that's what we're going to do tomorrow: driving there, spend the week, go back to Chicago for a few days, and then fly to California for a couple of weeks, then back to Chicago, and then back to France. Oh, okay. Yeah, bunch of traveling, bunch of travels. Does the uh, does the I mean does the air feel different? Does it feel a little less French over here, or how does it? What is it like being in a different country like that? Um, yeah, it's it's a small readjustment. Um, it just uh, I mean obviously I've been here before, uh, so but <laughs> right. it, it is it is a small readjustment, like the way of life, the what you eat, um, the people, how they think. Um, it's it's different without getting too much into uh, the political differences and all that stuff. Uh, it just it just it just feels uh, it just feels different uh, this yeah. time around. Yeah. Well, I imagine it does because not only are you in a different country where people are speaking a different language, but you're going from uh, again. I always get this idea when you talk about where you're at in France. This very rural rural. I can never say that word properly, but you know, like, uh, like a village type thing, like picture a village there, but then you, now you're in Chicago. Like that's a big city on top of big cities. Mm-hmm. So it's very, to me, it seems like a very stark, uh, change in your, uh, environment. You know what's a very stark change is that I probably gained already six or seven pounds since I got here last week. <laughs> I bet too much deep dish pizza or what? No, I don't do deep dish. I'm, I don't okay. like it. But uh, yeah, lots of pizzas, lots of uh, Mexican food. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of crap food. Uh, it's good, you know. It, it feels good when you eat it, but then I see my belly and, and the beer drinking and. I thought the World Cup, you know, the World Cup was over last week. And right. I was like, oh, that's it. The World Cup is over. No more excuse for drinking midday and uh, <laughs> just, you know, just drinking like every day, excessive, not excessively, but they're drinking several beers a day for uh, no real reason. Well, right. no, I'm back here and I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now you're on vacation. You got a whole new set of excuses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's, getting, uh, it's getting tough on the body. Yeah. 
I bet. Do you still find time to do like your daily walks? Oh yeah, I do my daily walk. I did it this morning actually. I didn't. I haven't completed my nine thousand steps yet, but I did uh, six or seven thousand, I think, this morning. So yeah, I definitely do this every single day. Are you near downtown Chicago where you can get your steps in there, or are you just kind of probably in a suburb? We are in the country, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in the country. So I, uh, my in-laws live on the golf course. Well, there's a there's a golf course in their backyard, basically. Um, so I walk on the golf course a little bit. I do. I have my loop, and then I loop by McDonald's where I have coffee in the morning because right. my in-laws have terrible coffee. I'm saying that not too loud. <laughs> behind the door. Right. <laughs> I'm not a coffee snob at all, at all. But like the hazelnut coffee shit, I can do. I can't really do it. So I um, I make McDonald's part of my loop. That's the only place where you can get okay coffee in town. And uh, I sit there, I drink my uh, my coffee and finish my loop, my uh, walking loop. That's hilarious that you just uh, uh, said some negative stuff about uh, hazelnut coffee because I am drinking hazelnut coffee right now. Oh man, I can't stand it. I cannot. I can't stand any flavored coffee. Now, if you tell me, you know, at Starbucks, I would get like a, a vanilla latte, but the coffee itself is not flavored with vanilla. They put just vanilla syrup in there, you know, and that I can do. But the hazelnut flavored coffee, I, j- I just can't. I just can't. See, I almost can't taste the flavor. And actually, I thought you'd be proud. I haven't had an energy drink in probably a month. Oh, very well. Yeah. yeah. And it's not for any reason. I don't think, like, honestly, if if I had to give a truthful, honest answer, I don't, I just, I don't know enough to, to be able to point out like, oh, this energy drink that has zero calories, zero carbs, I just couldn't tell you what's bad in it for me. But there is something about, I've always thought, I mean, and it's in an aluminum can, so I've always thought, ah, it's kind of got this metal taste to it. But when you start reading some of the ingredients on the back and they get really hard to pronounce and you're just like, metal taste, really hard to pronounce ingredients, like something, something feels off here. So I'm not, I'm not swearing off them forever, but I definitely, I mean, I've had a Keurig forever. And so Keurig, obviously the, you put the little pod in the coffee. And if Mm -hmm. you are a coffee snob out there, you're probably cringing right now because you're thinking he's at the lowest of the low. Uh, but for me, I mean, it works. It takes two minutes less time if you leave the thing on, or five minutes less time if you uh, if you leave the coffee maker on. You swap out the pod. It makes a pretty large cup of coffee that should get you through the morning. Maybe you do two total of these a day. Uh, but I don't really add anything to it. I add stevia sweetener packets, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. very all-natural sweetener. And sometimes I pour in a tiny bit of almond milk. Uh, I was making for a long time, you know, we've talked about it, that bulletproof, uh, coffee recipe, which you, you put in a little either coconut oil or MCT oil. I would like to get back to that because I think there are, uh, I felt some benefits anyways, whether they were placebic or not. But, um, um, yeah. Anyways, to kind of sum that all up and I feel like I'm talking really fast that I'm talking about coffee. I'm like, oh yeah, coffee's good. I love coffee. You love coffee. We love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> See, coffee seems to be doing, working better for you than, uh, these, uh, crappy energy drinks i will say there's something different to the to the caffeine buzz you get from coffee mm-hmm. versus uh uh these energy drinks and i don't know what it is but there's there's a different kind of kick to it i almost feel a little bit more warm or a little bit more lively uh than i do you know from those few early sips of an energy drink yeah so we'll see how long this lasts because I really am. I think I'm addicted to those energy drinks. Like the, they're white ones. I can't think of what the actual name of them are, but they're the white ones from Monster. And again, it's zero everything. 
and they are just very delicious and thirst quenching. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd better try giving them a break. Yeah, it can only be good for you. So yeah, you want to talk about these new MacBooks? Oh yeah, that's right. We're not here yeah, to talk let's... about coffee and and vacation. <laughs> we'll work in a little bit of Apple stuff, and then we'll go back. I I can't wait to tell you what I'm watching on Netflix these days. Um, no, but seriously, uh, last week it might be two weeks ago, right? Because we took last week's show to uh, talk about like the Mac apps and utilities that we're using. Um, but I think it was two weeks ago Apple released uh, a new set of MacBooks. I think we didn't, we got the vibe, at least for us, that it wasn't a huge priority to talk about just because these were the very higher end MacBook Pros. Obviously nothing visually has really changed. Uh, performance wise, you know, they got the, the new Intel chips and it sounds like these are some of the biggest performance bumps the MacBook Pro line has seen on a year to year basis, right? Mm-hmm. Within the last five or six years. Performance wise, very, uh, you know, very high marks, but, you know, again, these higher end MacBooks, I have the the entry level MacBook. I think you kind of maxed your model out, but you've only had it a year or two. So we kind of stayed away from these, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, No real incentive for me to upgrade the MacBook Pro yet. Um, I, we talked about it, I think, a while ago. Like, I have Apple Care for this MacBook, right. which runs until 2019, uh, December or November 2019. So I think I'm going to be using this specific macbook pro until then and then i'll probably offload uh that macbook pro and and get the new one and, and who knows by next year when that happens there might we might see a new like redesigned macbook pro which is really what uh what i'm hoping for um but really the uh, besides performance uh of the new macbook pro what's really grabbing the attention is of course the keyboard yeah, actually, the keyboards have been uh, a very hot button issue for the MacBook for a long time. And these new ones, Apple seems like they're hoping to change the conversation, right? So, um, for those who I guess who've kind of been missing out on the controversy for the last couple of years, uh, MacBook or I'm sorry, Apple has been taking some heat for the, uh, the butterfly style keys in their keyboards of their MacBooks, right? I think first introduced. In the uh, 12-inch Retina MacBook yep. uh, back in, what is that, 2014, maybe 15? Yeah, I think it's 15. And uh, uh, so the problem people have had with those is, one, they're very low. Um, there's not a whole lot of key travel. They're very, you know, in Apple's quest to make everything as thin as possible, um, these keys have very little travel. And what people have been finding, and especially in the MacBook Pro versions of these keyboards, is that dust and other particles can get underneath these keys and cause them to stop working. Now, this went on as just kind of uh, growing complaints from users that turned into class action lawsuits. And, of course, Apple ended up launching a keyboard repair program. Um, basically, you know, kind of uh, that's them in their way kind of admitting that, yes, we see there's a small problem. There's a problem with a small subsection of these keyboards. We're willing to fix them for free. Uh with these new keyboards, so iFixit and some of these other groups have torn down these new MacBooks to find out what's going on. Apple publicly at first said, hey, these keys are going to be quieter. And people started scratching their heads like, quieter? You know, they were loud, right? These butterfly keys are loud when you type, but that wasn't the, you know, that wasn't the main complaint. So people were like, is that it? And it turns out that's not it. There is a, uh, what is it, like a plastic or silicone membrane uh, between the keys and the logic board, kind of protecting the logic board from, uh, you know, particles that could, uh, travel between the keys. 
And yeah, Apple ended up admitting like, yeah, we also did that too. So um, I think I saw on John Gruber's website during Fireball, he, he put it best and said that uh, it's probably Apple for legal reasons or marketing reasons did not want to come out and say these right. new MacBooks have a more durable keyboard. Um, but that's what it is. And Apple's kind of uh, uh, confirmed that since then. So uh, They've indirectly confirmed this via right. a support document. Uh, right. Or not even a support document, a document um, aimed at uh, repair partners or uh, employees that repair the MacBook Pros. Um, and in this document, so very, very, it's very much an internal document, uh, it, it, it says that uh, the keyboard has a membrane, membrane under the keycap to prevent debris from entering the butterfly mechanism. Uh, the procedure for the spacebar replacement on the chin, blah, 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 blah. So really, it's just saying that the, under the keycap, there is the silicone membrane to prevent uh, stuff from entering the butterfly mechanism. So it's pretty clear what the goal of this silicon membrane is going from there. I mean, it was I think it was pretty clear before, but now that we have um, an official confirmation, I know I know it's not uh, it's an official document, but it's not Apple's official public position again uh, about this. But it's clear now that this membrane was made uh, maybe to make make this the uh, the, the keyboards a little more quiet, uh, but more importantly, to um, to protect them from dust and debris and other crap that might be entering the, the mechanism. So, yes, it looks like it's these keyboards are going to be more reliable. And uh, I want to say that only time will tell, really. You know, like you can run as many tests. I've seen, you know, some people on Twitter are like throwing bags of chips and eating sandwiches over the keyboard to test them. That's kind of extreme testing. The real test is going to be over the course of the next maybe six months or 12 months to see if we get similar reports in high numbers uh, about keyboard failure as we would see uh, with the previous generation. So only time will tell. In addition to these keys, though, there's also been a lot of talk about the overheating. Have you been reading some of these reports? Uh, yeah, you mean the the throttling? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen some of these. I, it kind of goes a little bit over my head, to be frank, to be honest. Yeah, that's okay. Me too. Um, anytime, anytime you you go, you know, I understand what a processor is, but when you really break it down beyond that, I'm like, uh, um. But no, so I follow eh, I follow a wide range of people on Twitter. I like to get news and and thoughts and points of view from all angles. So uh, one of the people I follow is John. I think his name's Jonathan Morrison. He's a Fairly prominent YouTube guy. Does that sound familiar? Does that yep. sound right? Yeah, that's okay. okay. Yeah, and uh, he has kind of been leading the charge on this, at least in my feed. He has in terms of uh, talking about what's wrong with these new MacBooks, and so there's, you know, there's there's a type of solution. Again, this goes so far my over my head. It's tough to explain, but there's like a heat sink there's different things you do inside the inside a uh, laptop like this to keep it from overheating so when the processor and and all the chips inside re- really start going the things start to overheat and then you need fans and a cooling system that can keep those cool enough to where they can still perform but not overheat and, and then cause other issues and um uh, 
that's not happening in the new MacBooks. The whatever cooling system, whatever fan system Apple had in place is not good enough to handle these very powerful chips that they've got in here. So what you get is an overheating. Uh, I don't know if it's a CPU or the GPUs, but it's overheating to the point where, and we know Apple kind of has a history of this. They would rather slow down your performance than, let's say, like your battery catch on fire or um, your logic board uh, crash or fail, right? They would rather you get a little bit slower experience than what you're expecting uh, versus the hardware failing because that makes them look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on and it's gotten to the point where, and I'm really seeing this within, again, within like the YouTube community, people that are editing videos, especially large high resolution videos, let's say 4k, and maybe you've got longer links and you're just trying to edit and compile and do all these things. And the new MacBooks are, should be really good at this, right? Again, we talked about those performance bumps earlier, uh, but that the the problem with not being able to keep these cool while they're under pressure is causing the severe throttling. And uh yeah, it's it's one of those things where again, if you think about where the the keyboard comments started uh with the MacBooks, it just started with a few voices and then those voices started echoing and then the you know, the volume started getting louder and then all of a sudden it was a big deal. There was class action lawsuits, things were happening. This is in the much earlier stages. And again, I think it's really just this subsection of of people that are editing and doing very graphic intensive things on their MacBooks, but it's a problem. And if uh if Apple doesn't comment on it or things don't change and, and these voices continue to get louder, we may see this become a real problem. We shall see. Yeah. Um so keep an eye out for that. Uh anything else on the new MacBook Pros? No, um, like I said, I think we are going to have to wait and, and see what happens as more and more people get their hands on it and put real-life ex- use uh, on them. Yeah, we didn't mention True Tone Display. Um, this is another one of those things that I feel like kind of flies under the radar, right? It's nice when you have it, but if you don't have it, I don't know that you're missing anything necessarily, and it's tough to and it's tough to like explain to somebody like hey this is why this is great right you just kind of have to see it and then you have it i don't know again it just wasn't a big buying factor for me no it wouldn't be like a like the main motivation to buy a new macbook pro um but it does make a difference i was at the apple store uh, over the weekend and tried the new macbooks Uh, i tried the typing on them uh definitely more quiet Uh, you can definitely quieter you can tell even in a loud uh, environment like an apple so you could tell it was uh it just was more quiet um but the true tone that i tried and i wasn't sure if true tone was on or off like in the <laughs> in the store i was like is it on or is it off i don't i don't know right. and i went uh, uh display settings and it was on i was like wow and i turned it off and all of a sudden you know like very gradually like the the screen uh temperature like starts changing or the tone, I guess, of the, the, the screen starts changing. And it's like, ooh, I don't like it when true tone is off. It's, it looks very bright and, and blue. And, and then I turn it back on. It's like, oh, it's nice again. You know, it's, it's something, like you said, it, you, it's not something you can appreciate until you have it. Uh, I know I really appreciate it, for example, on my iPad. Um, and I think that's something I would appreciate on, uh, on the MacBook Pro as well. I know that when I upgrade my MacBook Pro, um, that's definitely a feature that's going to be turned on uh, at all times uh, because it, it, it makes looking at the screen, uh, especially for people like you and I, 
who spend entire days looking at a screen, um, it makes it more bearable, really, uh, right. for, for the eyes, for sure. Well, I use mine with an external monitor 99% of the time, so oh, that's right. Uh, hope, hopefully it would be able to... I don't, I don't know that that would translate into the monitor no. itself. Maybe the monitor would have to be... Yeah. Uh, which we're honestly, we're still kind of waiting for Apple to make, right? They gave some indication. I can't remember if it was earlier this year or uh, last year sometime, but they definitely gave an indication that they weren't done making monitors um, for the time being. And, and in that same regard, we are expecting more Mac hardware this year. So if, for folks who uh, are kind of disappointed by these, you know, kind of uh, unexciting MacBook updates or MacBook Pro updates, excuse me, uh, we are expecting, you know, their iMac line definitely needs an update. Uh, we've heard some rumors of a 12 inch Retina Mac type update. Uh, the Retina MacBooks, excuse me. Um, so the smaller, maybe less expensive version. Maybe they're doing something with the MacBook Airline or combining them. Uh, we also know that there is the, you know, they haven't given up hope on the long overdue, uh, Mac Mini update. Uh, so there are some things we are expecting or at least hoping for in the fall. Uh, so don't lose hope yet. Um, I know we want to talk about HomePods here, but I think we should take a quick break and uh, mention our second sponsor. Yep. And this week's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn. You might have heard of this uh, company, of this website. Um, LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. People use it every day to grow professionally and discover job opportunities. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. But where can you find that person? You could try posting on the job boards, of course, but can you really be sure that the right person sees your job? Instead, you can find the right person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs matches people to your role based on their skills, interest, and even how open they are to new opportunities. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Most LinkedIn members haven't actually recently visited job boards, but 9 out of 10 members are open to new opportunities. So you can only reach these people that are open to new opportunities but are not actively looking for a job. The only way you can reach them is on LinkedIn. A new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn and businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. Hurry to linkedin.com slash iOS and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash iOS to get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash iOS. Some terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn for sponsoring this show. So I know you've got to be looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> reports reports stating from last week that uh, you'll be able to use HomePod to make phone calls, answer calls, uh, redial numbers, things like that, um, and uh, set multiple timers. Just a lot of you know new features coming to the HomePod. Uh, according to this, it's I believe from iGeneration yep. uh, report. Does this type of stuff get you excited? Would you have more use for the HomePod then, or, or I guess what do you, are, are you liking it now? Did you bring one with you to the U.S.? <laughs> no, I didn't. Though I thought about it, but this <laughs> thing is so heavy. I don't know if you went to an Apple store and lifted an, uh, a HomePod. It, it's very heavy. So I mean, even though it crossed my mind, I was like, "That's crazy talk. I'm not going to do this." <laughs> um, but yes, to answer your question, I'm super excited about this um, because any kind of improvement the HomePod can have 
as minor as they may be, as obvious as they may be, I'm excited. So when you see this this headline or what's coming with uh, HomePod OS 12, supposedly, um, you could be cynical about it and say that Amazon Echo has been able to do this or Google Home has been able to do this uh, for a while now. And that would be true. Uh, there's, no, uh, there's no denying that. Uh, but the truth is, I don't have an Echo. I don't have a Home, a Google Home. I, I just have a HomePod. So all these small incremental updates, upgrades to the software are great to me. Uh, multiple timers, running multiple timers at once. We put this in our headline on IDB. I mean, that's that's crazy. Like, it's such a small feature, right? Such an obvious one for a, a smart assistant, yet HomePod doesn't do this. And uh, supposedly, it will do it. And it seems like a lot of people are super excited about this. I don't know if it's in the comments of this post or maybe on Twitter. <laughs> I saw a guy who was serious. He was like, oh, it's run multiple timers at once. I'm I'm gonna start considering buying one of these now. I mean uh-huh. ser- and he was he was not he was not uh, he was not being uh, sarcastic. He was just like being <laughs> honest about it. I was like, wow, some people were like uh, this is gonna be a decision maker if it run multiple timers or not. Um to me it's not it's not like uh I you know we we use it to run timers but we rarely if ever need multiple timers to to run at once uh so it's not going to it's not a huge deal for me personally um but it seems to be for a lot of people so I'll take this uh improvement I'll take it uh happily and the other one is big one uh, the ability to make and receive phone calls on your home pod I know it sounds crazy that you can't do this right now. What you yeah. can do right now is you can receive a call on your phone, and once you're in the phone, once you're you know, talking to the person on the other end of the line, you can transfer it to your HomePod. But it t- takes a little bit of uh, fiddling, right? It's not you can't just say, "Hey, HomePod, call uh, my wife." Yeah, it's not going to do it. It's going to you're going to have to make the call on your phone. Your wife has to pick up, and then you send the call to HomePod. So it's not very convenient. You know, it's not like you can just uh, do this uh, without help of your hands. Um, so again, like that's another improvement that I'm super excited about because this is something that I would use. I'm I'm not a big phone. You know, I don't make tons of phone calls, um, but there are times where I'm on my computer and. I wish I could just say, hey, HomePod, you know, call my grandma or so that uh, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to grab my phone. I don't have to press any button. I can just do this hands free. So super excited about this. And apparently there's going to be Siri is also going to get a little smarter uh, with uh, more knowledge about food and nutrition and uh, public figures. So this is always uh, this is always nice. Um, HomePod is also going to be able to uh, search for a song based on its lyrics. I know you can do this right now in iOS 12, and I actually experienced it over the weekend. I was looking for a song. I didn't know the title, but I knew part of the song. So I typed this in, in, in the, on my iPhone, in the music app, and it found the song I was looking for based on the lyrics. So that's pretty right. cool. And, and this is coming to HomePod, where you're going to, um, I assume, say something like, Hey, hey, HomePod, um, what song has these lyrics? And you start say, saying the lyrics, something like this. So super helpful, um, super helpful to do this, again, hands-free. And uh, I think there's going to be a few more um, features coming in 
for how you can switch Wi-Fi networks, which can be a small pain uh, for HomePod users. Uh, but typically, it's not something you experience because once you set up your HomePod in a home, uh, you don't, I mean, I think most people don't travel around with their HomePods, you know, like you don't take it to your to a hotel if you travel or you don't take it to your friend's house or maybe you, you might for a party or something, but it's not something that you're going to do every week or every day. Um, but all these little improvements um, are making, are going to be making HomePod um, a little better and a little more up to par with the competition when it comes to the smarts. Yeah, I think you put that very well there. Uh, I have, I continue to maintain my, uh, not skepticism. I wouldn't classify it as a skepticism anymore. I think the HomePod is a very sharp looking and sounding speaker. It's when you start calling it a smart speaker that, uh, yeah, I think that's subjective, but these features help, right? And I look at it as a way of, if, let's say I've got, uh, two baskets on the opposite end of a balancing scale, right? And right now I've got a bunch of chips in the basket of reasons not to buy a HomePod. Uh, but every time Apple adds some features like this, you got to throw a few more chips in the side of buy a HomePod, and then eventually it's going to start evening out the scales and tip in the HomePod's favor. So that's kind of where I sit, and I again, that's kind of what I do when I see stuff like this. Um, I I was honestly surprised. I don't think I knew that you couldn't make a phone call already uh, with HomePod. That seems like an easy day one smart speaker type right. of thing. Uh, so that you know that's a little negative there for Apple, but it's getting it. And, uh, but I mean, stuff like the translate, uh, the lyric thing you just mentioned, I think that's really cool. That's something you can really put into practice in like a day to day use. How often do you remember the lyrics to a song, but you don't, uh, know the name of the song, right? You just hear that chorus, that part of the chorus that got stuck in your head from the radio or from the club the other night. And you're going, gosh, I wish I knew this song. And you're right. I've used it in text search. Uh, I believe in the music app, but to be able to just kind of sing it out loud to your smart speaker uh, would be a nice usable feature. Yep. Um, so we'll just we'll see how Apple continues to to update this thing. This is all software, by the way. It has nothing to do with uh, new hardware. Uh, I think they do need, and something I would probably be a little more interested in, is some sort of smaller wireless version of this uh, that you could take to, to friends' houses and parties and with you traveling or throw in the backpack for when you go hiking or uh, throw in your bag for when you go play golf. Um, so, yeah. We will uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. There was, that, there was a rumor that Apple was going to reveal something like that over WWDC, which didn't materialize, obviously. But, uh, again, there's always the fall. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is maybe a little too premature. I feel like such a product would be better off... Uh, being put back another year, like something for 2019 rather than, than, than this year. I don't know. I feel like Apple needs to figure out software first and have right. something really solid uh, for HomePod software and then focus on expanding the, the range of um, HomePod products. Well, the, the rumor was just a, a lower cost Beats product, right? It's not another HomePod. True, it would be a true. Beats product. Yeah, it would be a Beats with, branded with one. Maybe, yeah. With maybe Siri capabilities. Might even be limited Siri capabilities versus what the actual HomePod could do. So, I don't know. Are you watching anything on Netflix right now? No, man. I'm not watching anything right now. <laughs> I'm not seriously. I, I, with all these travels, I don't have time to, I don't really have time to watch TV at all. 
Right. Um, so I haven't watched anything in about a week on TV. You were watching, you had started to watch something. I can't remember what it was. Big Brother season 20? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I mean, you are, but I just kind of write that one off. As... <laughs> it's so funny because I am always watching and finding new stuff. There's just a ridiculous amount of con- content, right? Uh, You're never going to watch in all of it. Yeah. But the problem I get into is, so this is what happened. So I got I got Hulu. I, si- I remember signing up for so. I, at one point, I just had Netflix and the DirecTV Now, uh, you know, monthly service or whatever. That's just because I got the the credit from AT and T, so I pay ten bucks a month for like forty something cable channels, and I really just use it for sports mostly. But there was so, anyways, I, I just had Netflix and DirecTV Now. That's what I kind of started with, and then actually AT and T gave me a subscription to HBO, so I was like, all right. Uh, if you're going to give it to me for free, I'll check it out. Plus, I like Game of Thrones. So you start watching some stuff on HBO, and then you, someone goes, you got to get Hulu and check out, uh, I think it was Brooklyn Nine-Nine got me set up for that service. So I said, all right, I'll get Hulu because uh, this show looks funny, and I ended up really loving it. I've watched that through a couple of times now. But then on Hulu, you start seeing all these other shows like uh, A Handmaid's Tale and some other. So you're like, all right, I'll get involved in those. Well, then Hulu starts showing me an ad for a discounted rate on the Showtime Anytime app, which is like a couple bucks off from normal retail, but get it. And I can watch the last couple seasons of Home of Homeland I've been missing. And there's some other cool Showtime shows. Billions is another one that I got really into. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit the end of those three seasons very quick, and I'm already looking forward to season four. But uh, I don't know. I just keep – you keep suckering me into another service, and then I've got all these new shows to watch. So anyways, yeah, I finished up Billions. I think Handmaid's Tale is done. I think their season is done. What a wild – that show is wild. If you're looking for something unique and you don't mind, you know, like politically type controversial type stuff, but really don't mind like, you know, adult type scenes, that is a crazy show. Um, trying to think of what else. Oh, I watched Push. Have you heard of this show no, Push what is this? on Netflix? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have way too much of these to talk about. No wonder I was like, hey, have you seen anything on Netflix? I was like, please ask me what I've been watching. This guy has watched half of Netflix already. Right? I'm getting there, I feel like. <laughs> so anyways, so Push is a... And, and, and it's it's very cheesy. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a cheesy thing. So it's this guy. I can't think of his name right now, but it's he's a well-known, like... Uh, not a magician per se, but I think he does have some kind of magic in his acts. But he's like a hypnotist or a thinker or... You know, like a pen and Teller type guy. Like he gets people, he'll call people down from the audience and he'll talk them into things. Anyways, the premise of this show is can you keep compliant people? They, they tried out a bunch of, uh, of uh, contestants that wanted to be on his show. And the big test to see if they could be on the show is how compliant were they? Would they follow directions? One of them was they set people in an empty room and they had three actors there already, but then they invited non-actors to come in and fill out an application. Well, they rang a bell, and every time the bell rang, the actors would stand up. And whichever one of the contestants started following along with the stand up at the bell and sit down at the buzzer, um, they're like, okay, these people will follow follow the lead kind of deal. Anyways, they end up trying the whole game show, this whole show, it's like an hour plus long, is to see if they can, over the course of a, a night and events, talk this main character into pushing somebody off a building. 
like killing them, like really killing them. And it's all set up. It's all staged behind the scenes, but the contestant is supposed to not know any of this is going on. So that's why it's called push. Can you push people to an edge where they'll push somebody off the top of a building? And it it sounds really dark, I guess, as I'm describing it, but there's definitely a lot of poking fun and it's, it's a lot more lighthearted than you would think a show that I'm describing is, but it was fascinating. And I feel really bad for those contestants because they show multiple, I don't want to spoil it, but I feel really bad for them because whether you push them or not at the end, you have to live with what your decision was, whether it's fake or not, you know? Is it is it like a several part series? Is it like I no? See like it's just one. It's just, it's just one episode. One one. Yeah. Okay, I'm on the Netflix page right now, and I was it wasn't clear if there was um, more shows to come or if it's just like this. this well, this episode. guy the, this guy has done other shows like this before. Uh, not necessarily with the push motive, but he, again, he's just like this pen and teller type entertainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, this this particular on Netflix is just like a one hour, maybe one and a half hour special, and. Uh, Yeah, crazy. Okay. Really makes you think. I'll add this to the list. Yeah. Again, it's kind of cheesy, but it's uh, it was worth it. Another one I watched was the Robin Williams documentary on HBO. Um, if you were at all a fan of Robin Williams, I think it came out a kind of celebration of his, I think this would have been his birthday or around the time of his birthday. Uh, but uh, they did it well. I This is probably one of the better like actor profile that has passed away type type documentaries i've ever seen they talk about his flaws early on you know the drug use and stuff like that but they also talk about all of his many uh awesome movies and and performances and a lot of people come on and talk about him very well done documentary rarely do i see something this well done this tasteful over such a big actor like robin williams was well as for me uh (laughs) i'm not even up to date with big brother so (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, nothing, nothing to report on the Netflix or TV watching front here. Uh, right, as I said, like with the travels and everything. Even at night, I'm like sometimes I'm like I go to bed. I'm like, oh, let me grab my iPad and watch something. And I'm like, no, I'm so tired. I'm just crashing almost immediately as I get to bed. Right. Um, well, and you have two young kids running around too. That probably helps. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that, and you know, the time difference, though, like, we've been here for almost a week, so the time difference with jet lag is over now, but, like, for the first few days, it was getting us, and you know, we're always on the road meeting with friends and families and stuff, so at the end of the day, I just, yeah, just want to crash, but this week coming up, um, we'll, as we'll be in Michigan, there's n- literally nothing to do over there but drink beer and get on the boat <laughs> and uh play guitar and and watch netflix so i think i'm going to be doing a lot of catching up uh next week uh, there you go in, by the lake yeah are you uh do you like that kind of lifestyle like being out on the lake and camping and oh the camping thing no i don't like camping <laughs> uh but Yeah, the lake, the lake life. I I don't mind it for. I wouldn't live it forever, but I don't right. mind it for like a week. You know, it's like one week a year, and I, every year I drag my feet to go up there. But every year I enjoy it because it's it's very relaxing. It's you right. know, it's very relaxing. It's a little white trash ish, um, but <laughs> it is it is it is relaxing. It is nice to just do to just have nothing to do. You know, like we get in, on the boat and it's a small lake. And we do, uh, last year I, uh, rode a surfboard behind, uh, behind the boat. So kind of like, uh, how do you call this? Um, 
uh, wakeboarding. Wakeboarding, but not with a wakeboard, with a surfboard. Okay. And uh, yeah, so my uh, my stepmother-in-law uh, was like, "There's no way you're gonna make it. There's no way you're gonna make it." And I'm like, "Look at me." And uh, <laughs> made it, and then my wife did it, and uh, then everybody on the lake. Again, it's a small lake, so everybody on the lake knows you as the guy or the guy and the girl who rode a surfboard behind a boat. You know, like on the small lake, it's pretty pretty fun. It's it's a good spirit. You know, like every day, everybody knows each other, and everybody's very friendly. Um, so it's always uh, it's always fun in the end, right? I bet you would like wakeboarding, like actual wakeboarding. I it's- did it. I did it. Well, they have a, a wakeboard as well, and I'm I'm just not good at it. My wife, she gets it. Me, I just don't get it. I I just don't. I think it's having my feet, you know, like stuck into like the the uh, the foot holder. I don't know how you call these. Like, right. I, I I don't know. I just I just don't get it. I I don't think I ever went farther than twenty yards or something. Um, and I get frustrated very easily. So if I don't pick up something very quickly if i'm not decent at something very quickly i just give up um so with wakeboard i was like i did a couple a few times and i was like you know what i'm not good at it i'm, I'm gonna stop here <laughs> yeah. i uh i had a buddy growing up that had a, a boat like one of these faster boats that can pull that and wakeboarding was all the rage there's several lakes around north texas and uh, uh it's tough once you get up uh or it's tough to get up um, right, pull yourself out of the water. You've got to lean back. You've got to have the perfect mm-hmm. weight distribution. The boat starts going. Otherwise, you either get pulled forward and you face plant, yep. or you just kind of sink backwards back into the lake. But uh, once you do get up, it I found it pretty easy at least to stay up. Now, when you want to start crossing over the wake and jumping and stuff like that, it gets a little more complicated. But uh, yeah, to me, it was – and you're talking to somebody that – I'm trying to think if I've ever actually been surfing. I think I've been out in the ocean on a surfboard, but I don't think I ever stood up and like did anything on it. Um, so I can't really, I, I have no experience to compare wakeboarding to, but, uh, again, I, in my head, I'm like, there's such similar experiences. He would love wakeboarding. So are you going to be broadcasting from the lake next, uh, next week? Yeah. Next week I'll okay. be on the lake. <laughs> I can picture you going like going up there like god they don't even have LTE up here. Uh last year they did um for AT I think last year I was AT&T and but now I'm Ting, you know I'm T-Mobile. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how it's going to be like. How's Ting working for you by the way now that you have to use it daily and it's not just a backup phone for France? It's uh it's great. So it's it runs off of T-Mobile, right? Right. And uh, it's working super good. Um, most of the time, even here in the in the very rural areas of Illinois, I get uh, I get great coverage, LTE everywhere. The speeds are, are very decent. You know, I'm not noticing any. Uh, I don't feel like I'm being dragged down or anything. Um, so I highly uh, I highly recommend it. Actually, I put a link uh, in the show notes uh, to. Uh, to the post I I made about uh, thing and uh, uh, my specific usage to conserve my U.S. phone number when moving overseas, so that was perfect. You know, like we were in the plane on our way to Chicago, and right. uh, I took my wife's phone, I got mine, I opened the SIM card tray, put my wife's thing um, SIM card in there, put mine in my phone. And uh, we arrived in the U.S., rebooted the phone, and boom, thing showed up. Uh, that was, I mean, that's just as simple as that. And you know, it's a pay, 
pay what you use. So it's pay as you go, but it's also like pay what you use. So you have like buckets of minutes and messages and data and uh, one gig is that price. And if you go over, then you have, you're in the two gig bucket and it's, it, the price goes down a little bit. Per, uh, so it's, it's a very, it's a good, it's a good system. It's a good system. And again, it runs off of T-Mobile. So wherever you have T-Mobile, um, you have you have good service, and now this year also thing I noticed they do um, Wi-Fi carding, which they didn't do last year. But this year I've seen it uh, pop up on my phone. Um, so this is also nice um, when you have uh, when you don't have great T-Mobile coverage, but you're on a home on a, on a Wi-Fi network. It's gonna it's gonna transfer over to to the Wi-Fi network to make phone calls. So. That's um yeah pretty pretty happy about this especially for the price you know it's 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 very reasonable it's very reasonable to a point where when we move back to the US uh I might consider just staying on thing because if it works fine um in San Diego uh there's I don't I wouldn't see any reason uh to to keep using this it's again it's it, it works good and it's it's uh it's very affordable so we'll see yeah wow that's a huge seal of approval then if you think uh it'd be worth keeping when you live full-time in the u.s yeah yeah we're not huge data consumers because you know we're either on wi-fi or or we're somewhere at some friends or something and 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 there's wi-fi or it's you know we're not out and about on our phone streaming or watching videos a lot um, so we we don't use tons of data, so for us it it you know like these little plans uh, kind of make sense. Now if if we were like streaming tons of videos and 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 music uh, all month long, yeah, I, I would consider getting something else. But this is uh, this works fine for us. Cool. Yep. All right, man. I think we did it. Uh, we did. All right. Uh, let's uh, reconvene. At the same place, same time next week. Okay? Yeah, I'll be here. All right. Thank you, Cody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.